Say that the podcast for your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and we're totally not doing this over again. <laughs> Seems like we've been here before. You also join me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Hello. Also locked in this time inescapable time loop with us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Greetings. Joining us all the way from Rokoch, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. What is up, people? It's like Groundhog Day on this podcast. Yeah, it is. In that people under 30 don't really get it. <laughs> this most of the references. <laughs> Sonny and Cher, as was the music at the time. Yeah. So um, somebody going to yell emergency and we're going to talk about skating rinks or robot cyborgs for a few minutes or something? I'm good, dude. Uh, I say uh, let's get down to it. You know? Yeah, let's go oh. for it. I, I think we play too much before. on this podcast. Yeah. No, you know what? As, as our British friends would say, too much faffing about. We need to get right to it. Our our spirituality is serious, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's simply not true. But, um, all right, I'll play along with this little charade. Our first question comes in. Dude, I'm ready to roll. Let's do it. Honestly, to our Tumblr inbox. I'm scared, but I'm I'm just going to go push ahead because it's funnier when they hurt me uh, in the middle of the sentence, I guess. Okay, our first question comes in, and I'm sorry, Tumblr inbox. And it says, hello, now that we all know that dating is a good thing. May you make suggestions as to what are appropriate get-to-know-each-other dating questions. I personally tend to jump the gun, tell guys everything they need to know about me, and sometimes accidentally on the first date, which is apparently something a lot of guys don't enjoy. What are good questions to ask on the first date, get-to-know-you times, versus later on into the relationship? Thanks, y'all. I declare an emergency! <laughs> Dag nabbit. <laughs> they got me. Well, Fitz, you have the floor. Um. Uh. The, I, beyond that, I don't really have a lot. Um. <laughs> Is your emergency related to the question that Matt just read? Yeah. Therefore, um, making it totally unnecessary, and we could have just answered the question. It's. Uh. It's. Well. It's. Uh. It's a crisis. Right. It's a dating crisis. Sure. Uh, it's a Christ emergency. We 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 what we have is uh, people want to know how to deal with the situation. Sure, absolutely. So it's an emergency. Do you want you want to do a little role playing? Yeah, maybe kind of act out some scenarios. You know what? It's like you just read my mind right now. Do you want to be Sally or Teddy? I want. De- I definitely want to be Sally. All right. I want to be on another podcast. <laughs> I, what I want. I always want to be Sally. All right. I'll. I, you That's know what? my new ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will play the role of Teddy. Okay. Uh, and I feel like Lee should be the waiter. Right. Now, is Teddy, and I'm just, don't let me, yeah. I'm just throwing this out Please there. Please do. Is Teddy a member of a country club? Well, yeah, that's a good question. And is he wearing a mock turtleneck? Definitely wow. a member of a, of a country club. I think wearing a tasteful polo mm. that says I'm sophisticated, mm. but I know how to be casual at the same time. Okay. Uh. Rocking boat shoes. It's a little yes. late in the year for that, uh-huh. but we're in a warmer clime, so it's appropriate. Okay. I mean, okay. Teddy's trying to say, did I spend a few minutes to run a comb through my hair? Yes. Right. But I know how to relax. Yeah. I know how to be he's, cool. He's, uh-huh. also, he's so, also got those Oakleys like, riding back behind his neck, so... Just Lee so is exactly know. right. Yeah. Exactly all, right. All right, Hoffman. I don't know that we need to go this deep into the character. <laughs> Matt, what's my motivation in this scene? I'm angry. Good, good, good <laughs> I assume that's enough motivation for you, too. <laughs> well, I feel like this scene should begin with Lee as the waiter okay. taking our orders. Right. So Don't make a meal of it, younger. And scene. Hello, I'm Chaz. I'll be your server tonight. How can I, uh, can I start you off with some drink, something to drink? Yes. The Good lady improv, will- Glenn. <laughs> Good improv. Wow. You took me there. I was transported to a place where Sally <laughs> wasn't sure she wanted something to drink. From Chaz. The lady will have an iced tea. Mm. I will enjoy a chai latte. 
Thank you, sir. Those are not things you order at the same place. (laughs) (laughs) Here is a dollar for your trouble. Now then, Sally. This is a very odd sandwich shop slash Starbucks, but there's a waiter. Yes, Teddy. Oh, Lord. Tell me everything I should know about you, my dear. Well, why is Teddy in his 50s? (laughs) I am allergic to iced tea, so thank you for that. Wow. Your first test, you failed. Let's try again with the second. <laughs> Forget 50. Why is Teddy the art, the knight from Raiders of the Lost Ark? <laughs> the knight Templar. All right. Chosen yes. poorly. All right. I think we're going to have to move this out of character work. So, so questions to ask on a first date. Yes. Get yeah. to know you questions. Well, there are... I mean, to take the question seriously for a moment. Doesn't really yeah. sound like us, but okay. Uh, it, if you haven't done this before, it makes sense. It's new. So basic right. things that you can and should ask are things like, what kind of music do you like? Sure. But this is the key thing. Don't let somebody give you a non-answer answer, right? So right. so be prepared to, to dig. So you say, what kind of music do you like? Half of people say, I like every kind of music. I like it except country. Right. Like every kind of music. So like, dig in. What's the last good concert that you went to? You know, right. what's What's the last good song you bought off of iTunes? Make them be specific. Don't do what Jed would do, which is immediately say country is my favorite music. Country is my favorite music. I feel like you don't understand me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Ask them what their favorite movie is, but make people be specific. The more that you know, the more that you can get them to give you a specific response, mm-hmm. the more that the conversation will flow. And that's really the key thing: is a lot of that get to know you stuff. You only need to get into a flow of conversation with another person. Once it's mm-hmm. kind of flowing back and forth, it can be a lot more natural and you're off to the races. But that's really, that's the short answer to your question. It's just about yeah. getting into that flow where there's a back and forth and a sharing of ideas and experiences. That's that's actually the point. That's what you're right. trying to do. I think one right. thing that happens on this is where, where people get in trouble is before they share whatever that information is, they, they kind of beat themselves up about it. Like, um, I'll tell you something about me. This is really lame, but, and super yeah. nerdy, <laughs> but I like this show. And it's like, right. well, you... Okay. You've already taken yourself down several rungs, so we're all in an awkward place right now. Yeah, right. yeah. But yeah, you you have to do, uh, you know, you, you, because it's about vulnerability, sure, right? So you you have to do, you have to ask what's your favorite guilty pleasure? Sure, that's TV great. Show, you yeah. Know? What's your favorite guilty pleasure song? Your your your, uh, your go to karaoke hit or nice. whatever absolutely you know because you know you're you're you the, the vulnerability is the whole thing if you're i mean you know you're, you're both putting your best foot forward sure but the the idea is that uh you're revealing your you know your your actual who what kind of a person you are absolutely and you're you're not trying to you know build a foundation for the whole relationship on this this is just absolutely. getting to know you you know absolutely well i think on that tip and an attempt to try to steer us into this being funny, because remember, even though we did the clever ruse, it is the emergency segment. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I like that idea. Jed's very right. What your favorite kind of thing? Stuff you, because the kind of information is Glenn's pointing out, is you want to, you want to kind of get a sense of the vibe. You want to, stuff you don't necessarily want to do. You want to get there eventually, but it's a little boring is the, where did you go to school? What do you do for a living? Where yeah. did you grow up? But what we're looking for, much long, Glenn's lives, love us all to think of some examples here, is the specific question that is revelatory Mm. Mm -hmm. we've got the you know if you could blink one person out of existence Mm. who would it be that tells you something about this person right right yes have you ever danced with the devil by the pale moonlight wow totally have you ever done something evil right so evil that you would say is the fruits of the devil (laughs) that's that's a that's an excellent first date question. Yeah, excellent. absolutely, absolutely. You ever kill a man in Reno just to watch him die? Sure. <laughs> if unicorns were real, should we keep them in zoos or ride them as conveyances? <laughs> that's good. That's very very good. What do you mean if? I don't. Uh... Oh, Glenn, I've been meaning to talk to you for a while, buddy. What's, um, what's the deal? Well, buttons is. Um... <laughs> A very run-of-the-mill name for a pet unicorn. She's imaginary, and uh, but the the pictures seem real and not at all photoshopped. I know, I know. I will spin us out of this. This is a, 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 I will never trust 
adoptaunicorn.com again. Yes. A tangent to the tangent we're on. Uh, as we mentioned a couple times, Lee and I are in the UK, so there's, uh, you know, a lot of uh, nations have like an, an animal as their uh-huh. symbol. And in the United States, it's a bald eagle. Right. Canada has a maple leaf. Right. Because oh, well, they're they sensible. Have, they have beavers on their money. That's true. So uh, England has a lion. Right. Wales has a dragon. Okay. Uh, Scotland has a unicorn. Wow. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's so Lee and I were somewhere, like Buckingham Palace or something, they say the it? cone, because, you know, technically there's, you know, ting, she's the queen of all of them. Right, right, right. So right. There's, there's an a lion and a unicorn, and Lee chuckles to himself and says, why would you have a unicorn on a thing? And I tell him, uh, my ancestors chose the unicorn to symbolize them. And Lee judged me a little bit. Okay. For wow. the sense of my father's on that one. Okay. Wow. Okay. That hurts, right? I'm well, just, that I'm just saying it's a fake animal. Are we saying it's a fake country? That's that's all I'm asking. Wow. Okay. For much of his existence, kind of. That's <laughs> yeah. but that's yes. really neither here nor there. Um, well, that does lead us to this is one of the all time. If you're one of the youths, yeah, you have a, a generation that grew up with Harry Potter. One of the all the great all time get to know you questions. Leo, back me up on this. Yes. Is what's your Patronus? Okay. That's a good one. I that have. Tells you, that sounds dirty to me. Yeah, it does sound dirty <laughs> to me. Yeah. Because I have no idea. Well, it depends what that on if you're is. reading the canon novels or if you're Googling for fan fiction. Well, there is that. If you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? It's <laughs> so a yes or no question. Norm. Planet, mine's the <laughs> sun. It's <laughs> so a yes or These no are question. Great Norm. Don't jerk me around. <laughs> I know I would. Now, this is the last part we have to cover. Tell me. On this. Is answers that immediately disqualify this person from dating. Boom. Okay. So if you say, you know, because you're asking questions, yeah. you, know, so, you know, and you say, is Pluto a planet? Right. And she says, well, technically, they... they Check, the, please. They, 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 they did the... <laughs> the astronomy people got together and decided that yeah, it's not... You know what? Gone. Yeah. You, I'm just going to leave this out. cash on the table. You pay for how much the meal is. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know, find your own way home. Yeah. You're saying you do your, your astrophysics with your heart, not with your mind. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, <laughs> you know. Okay. That's yeah. good. I think what are, do we, I like the idea of deal breakers. Some yeah. general kind of not, not going to go for it. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, if you say, you know, tell me about, you know, what's one of your favorite bands? It's one of the, you know, the last good records you got off iTunes. You know, if they, if they kind of get a dreamy look in their guy, you know, when it's a sunny day and I really just want to kick back, you know, pop the top and, you know, really just you know, take a drive and turn the tunes up. Nothing does it for me like a little Michael W. Smith. <laughs> that's, that's straight. That's, that's no, I, I'm, I'm afraid the answer you're, you're, you're looking for there is Chris Tom. Yeah. Can it be both? I think, well, I think the, on the flip side of that, if you want to assume anything, you know, what book, music, movie, TV show, if the answer is any version of, you probably haven't heard of it. Oh, Lord. That's, yeah. that's not a future you want for yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, don't be wrong. Not saying they can't talk about obscure stuff. If they say, uh, they say they give the name and you haven't heard of it. You say, I haven't heard of that. They say, you'll love them. It's awesome. Yeah. Let me be excited like a person right. yeah. and enjoy introducing you to this thing I like. That's cool. Sure. Right. But when they open up with, well, um, I don't know, do you read Pitchfork magazine? Yeah. That's going to be a problem. We've covered this before, but it's worth repeating. If this gal doesn't like fishing. Okay. Right out. Okay. <laughs> That seems, you know what I mean? That seems I don't reasonable. know that we collectively have covered that before. I think you've thrown that out before. If, she said, if you say to her, hey, here's here's my idea for a hot date. Yeah. Fishing and kissing. Okay. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're saying if she doesn't know a bobber from a spinnerbait, that's where else. You, you know, and that's how you, you could tell right from that. If she says, well, I don't think so. Well, you know what? I don't think this is going to work out. Sure. Anglers only, madam. <laughs> yes. That's right. That's good. You get a woman who loves fishing. Yeah. And kissing. Yeah. You get out there fishing and kissing. You know what? You got a solid relationship. I do sure. believe fishing and kissing is the Texas State motto. It is. So, uh, I know the most recent Toby Keith record. Well, I think that now that we've fully violated the Hippocratic Oath, I, I think we can all be pleased with ourselves. And, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, not so much that we did a lot of good here, because that's definitely, no, not, that's true, definitely not true. But, um, 
We did a lot of something. Yes. So a lot of words. Here's the key thing, but this is probably the, the main takeaway from this, is if your first date conversation is less of a train wreck than the last 10 minutes you've wow, listened to, you win. Point. You win. You've there, done great. There you go. You've done fantastic. We've given you the bar. Be better than that. That should be easy. Sure, you're listening to three men in very successful marriages, and that's the best they could come up <laughs> with. <laughs> Uh, do you feel like you could d- declare a state change on that basis? I, uh, I, I declare a very cautious emergency off. Well, good then. I feel that over the last couple episodes, we may need to uh, re- run Glenn back through the Robert's Rules of Order book because he keeps forgetting the emergency off part. Yeah. We want to be stuck in a state of emergency, dude. Well, that's you know what? You make a solid point. Yeah. Yeah, I often do. Let's, I believe our our good friend uh, Lizzie, who for, who lost her emergency off bracelet, was was forced to live in the state of perpetual emergency and found and it unpleasant. It was That's very intense. unpleasant. Yeah. yeah. Well, as we, as we all know, we we saved we saved the good stuff as we often do for the next segment because the number one question you want to ask someone on a first date to immediately find out what kind of person they are is uh, so what do you think of Bridgebox? Boom. Oh, yeah. If they say, what's Bridgebox? Check, please. Yeah. That's, or. That's out. More likely, because um, that version, really our audience isn't big enough for that to lead to sexual issues, you share it with them. You okay. tell them. Okay. You give them the address, themissionusa.com slash Bridgebox. Right. And they say, why, why are you talking about this in the first date? You say, it's great. Right. You support ministry at the jailhouse. Uh-huh. support ministry in street gangs. People come right. out of addiction recovery and you get songs and sermons and bible studies and videos and whatnot for yourself you can't beat it it's i i'm pretty sure all of you should be talking about it all the time absolutely i know we are yes check it out or are you chicken absolutely eight dollars a month missionusa.com slash bridge box check it out or maybe you're just scared you're just scared yeah that's right yeah it's good that's all right, right, so if you if we're gonna jump our first question here. If you have this all the way to the end, I'll give you those addresses. You can touch this at. This is our first actual question. This came in anonymously to our Tumblr box, and it says, "Thank you for your tips on how to talk to people about Jesus." See, I think last week's episode, if not the one before that. A fear I always have when wanting to bring up Jesus is whether they still the person I'm talking to will say something along the lines of, "But Christianity states that homosexuality is a sin. I don't believe that, and I can't follow God who's against someone because of who they love." Any advice on these types of conversations, Glenn? Why don't you start us off? Yeah, I, uh, first and foremost, uh, let's be clear that God is not against love, uh, so that part's fine. Sure. Um, I think the. It's important for us to, uh, you know, be clear that when we're talking about homosexuality uh, in the church, for for a lot of people who comment on it, uh, are discussing it in the abstract, uh, and uh, some of us, uh, including some of us on this podcast, have close friends and close relatives that are uh, involved in homosexual relationships, and that is not an abstract concept there at all. Uh, we need to be clear that th- the idea of becoming a Christian is everyone gives all of their sex life and their love life to God. Yeah. And says, God, you know better than me. You tell me how it needs to be. That's when we pray the sinner's prayer, we say, Lord, I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me my sins, but I want you to come in and, and be the Lord of my life. I want you to be in charge. You're mm-hmm. You're now... Uh, the person that I uh, I'm following, and I'm I'm doing my best to uh, uh, go by what it is that you teach me. That's a struggle. That's a that's a thing that we do little by little. Is we don't just jump from where we are to total obedience to God. But it's about recognizing that uh, all of us are meant to give our sex lives uh, and our love life to God. And uh, here's a super fun uh, fact. Very few people who call them themselves Christians do that. Yes, yeah. uh, they sort of uh, assume what they think God would want, and then uh, they assume they can get away with certain things off of that, mm-hmm. and then that's what they do. Mm-hmm. So um, let's be clear that that um, uh, that uh, where the actual boundary lines are. It's it, let's not boil this down into simplistic rules of right and wrong. I think you're absolutely right on that. I think just to follow right (laughs) along that, Jed, if we could just speak to this, 
some of what this also this kind of imagined response also speaks to is which is actually a very sharp idea is a lot of people don't both inside and outside Christianity have no idea what sin means mm-hmm. have no idea where homosexuality fits in on that if it's if there are degrees if it's lumped in with the big list and let's let's assume that this is that's let's take that angle on it of what does this actually mean for the actual theology of how sin works mm-hmm. And your question is basically, if you're dealing with a person where they don't know kind of what the word sin means, where do we want to take that conversation? Yeah, if, you t- if you start to talk about your, fa- or just tell someone I'm Christian and they say, well, I mean, I get that some things are bad, but Christianity says these, this, this thing is bad and I don't think it's bad. Right. Are they misunderstanding what sin is as Christians should judge this thing? Like there's other stuff that is a sin that Christians don't talk about as much like greed Mm -hmm. and uh, judgment Mm -hmm. that kind of fits in there and people lose that idea, but they think Christians are called to pick on certain sins. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I think you actually uh, make a great point in that when people say, well, you know, Christianity says blah, blah, blah. What they actually mean is Christians say blah, blah, blah. Those are two very, very different things. What people generally mean is I've seen jerks with picket signs of right. saying X, Y, Z. That doesn't mean I've read it in the Bible. Um, right. the, it means I've I've seen pictures of people who are acting terribly, um, and that's the thing I'm concerned about. The Bible um, uh, says that all kinds of things are not in accordance with God's plan for our lives. Um, as Matt mentioned, that would include greed. That would include gluttony. That would include judging other people. Um, that would also include cowardice. And the funny thing about that is I've spent uh, many years of my life being an unbelievably cowardly person, and I never once had a Christian um, say boo to me about it. And I have seen cowardice create so much more suffering than uh, any sexual anything. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the, the thing of actual Christianity, not of people with picket signs, uh, but of actual Christianity, what Jesus said and did is that Jesus loves sinners of all types, of all persuasions, of all stripes, that Jesus embraces sinners of all types. That's why I'm a Christian, um, is because I know I have issues and problems and Jesus loves me in spite of those issues and, and problems. And, um, that's, that's why there's a faith there. That's why there's something good there worth, worth having to put it another way. What you see with um, the people with the picket signs, what they are in essence saying is God rejects you. That's that's what they are saying. Um, uh, whether the Bible says that XYZ sin, XYZ activity is a sin or not, the fundamental message of the people with the picket signs is wrong because their message is God rejects you. Right. That is, that's 100% opposite to the message of Jesus. The right. message of Jesus is whatever it is, I embrace you. Whatever you're stuck on, whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you've turned to to medicate yourself, I embrace you. That's that's actually the message of Jesus. That's the message of the Bible. There's a living out of that and a, and, and God wanting to, to teach you to live a, a new kind of life. But it begins with, I accept you as you are today. I embrace you as you are today. That's actually the thing. That's the main big picture thing that, that's wrong with the picket signs is their fundamental message is God rejects you. And that's the thing where we want to clarify on that. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Lee, maybe if we can get you to button us up on this. The other thing, I think one of the reasons people are afraid of this kind of thing coming back at them is because they think they have to then be a Bible scholar for that to work. Like, you have to be able to break down all the ins and outs in the original Greek. And if you know that a couple of basics about, you know, everybody's a sinner and Jesus loves sinners, you can actually not know a lot of the ins and outs and still have a, a pretty good conversation with someone, right? Yeah, the, and I think one of the big problems is that people are afraid to say, "I don't know," I, you know. Yeah. I I really can't speak to that. I mean, I, you know, I, I think it would be amazing for a non-believing person to to level this accusation about God to a Christian person, and then have the Christian say, "Yeah, that confuses me about the Lord too." Um, that's that's weird, isn't it? And to say, I really don't know how to answer you. And then, you know, I think the the look on the other person's face would be like, really? It's like, yeah. I mean, I can tell you about me that I was a mess and Jesus loved me and accepted me. And I just know I've got to have him in my life to make it. Um, I don't really, you know, a lot of the stuff that he says is difficult and it's confusing. And I'm trying to figure out what it means to follow him. And I really don't know how to answer all, you know, every single question. But I think 
and, you know, coming at somebody, you know, responding in that way would be so refreshing to people who have felt judged, who have felt, um, who, who have felt like, you know, Christians hate me and they reject my friends and, and all that kind of stuff. Just to have somebody say, I, I really don't know. I know that I'm trying to follow Jesus, and I and I don't know how all that works, and I and I do find some of these things super confusing, and I know that God is loving, and He has been better to me than anybody else has been. You know, when you start to tell your own story, that is a disarming thing. When you speak with humility about yourself, and then you say, "I really don't know about the rest of this," um, th- that. It, you know, that's not doing it wrong. As Matt said, you're saying what you do know, and you're not trying to be an expert on things that you don't necessarily know. And that, and that's a, that's a disarming. And, a, and, and I think for a lot of people, it's a, it's something that they would love to hear that they haven't heard a lot of from Christians. Amen. I think you're absolutely right. One thing I'd like to pick up on that from what Jed was saying, I think it's absolutely true. I, I appreciate the person who wrote in. I have a feeling you might be a little on the younger side or at least younger in the faith because not you're doing the absolute right thing here, which we advise in the episode, which you're trying to anticipate how people might feel, how they might react, what you might need to specifically address. That's all really smart stuff on your part, actually. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you may have missed it by a couple of degrees and only by saying this a lot. I, I've talked to a lot of people about Jesus. I've talked to a lot of people who um, have gay friends, have gay relatives are gay themselves about Jesus stuff at this point. And, um, it's never this, it's never the kind of, but the tenets of Christianity say this. And by our own logic, it's, we, I mean, you'll get that on like, you know, as we sometimes joke, you might get that on Reddit. Yeah. If you wanted a thread and a thread on Reddit about this, more likely what you get is I thought Christians hated gay people. Yeah. Uh Right. And my cousin's gay and I like my cousin. So are you saying you hate my cousin? Right. And the, in the moment, if you haven't anticipated that, that's way scarier because someone's accusing you of hating someone. But if you think through it and you don't need, again, you don't need much kind of learning to know this. If you can just say, Oh, I don't hate gay people. Right. Right. I thought Christians hate gay people. I'm a Christian. I don't hate gay people. Right. Now there may, may be a lot of Christians on the news that hate gay people, but I have a feeling, uh, the the hating gay people may become make becoming before the Christian on that part. Yep. Because here's what I know is Jesus does say homosexual intercourse is a sin. There, Savior letters, we said it. Yep. Jesus also says those things Jed lists as sin. Jesus also says that a heterosexual person checking someone out is a sin. Yep. So uh, I'm officially off my high horse. Uh, have, you know. So what you can say is Jesus does say that's sin. He says a lot of stuff is sin. That any all one of the queer things is that the most queer Christian teaching about sin is everybody does it. Yep. There's one person in the history of time who has not sinned. It was Jesus. None of us are him. So we're all just great big sinners down here. Yep. And you're not supposed to judge anybody else for being a sinner because Jesus saves sinners. Yep. Good news, all that. I don't hate gay people. I can show you the Bible verses that say Jesus doesn't hate gay people. So if you don't want to talk about the Jesus thing, if you think Republicans are, you know, weird, that's all cool. But just don't come away from this conversation thinking Jesus tells me to hate gay people. That's yep. right. That's not how it goes down. Again, that's way scary on some end. But as we talked about that felt need idea, rarely do you come to somebody with something and they give you a purely intellectual response. Right. It's an emotional response. Right. They have they have a life. They have struggles. They have friends. They have a preconceived notion of what Christianity may be. And you're going to rub up against that. The good news is if you just keep it basic and hey. You know, the greatest commandments are love God and love your fellow man. Here's what I know is I'm a big mess. Jesus really saved saved me, and he wants me to be nice to people. If that's all you can spit out in the moment because you're a little panicked, that'll, that will be fine. Absolutely. All right, move on to our second question here. It came in an with our Tumblr inbox, and it says, I'm a first-year teacher, and I'm back in a depression slump. I know that your jobs in ministry require you to interact with people and encourage them, but how do you do that when you kind of hate everything around you? Friend, have you come to the right group no of doubt. people? Do you have any tips for forcing your way through a day instead of calling in sick? Jed wants to start us off. Well, um, appreciate you writing into us, and I'm sorry for the difficulties. If it helps at all, all of us can understand. Yeah, sure. Really, truly. Uh, some days you need to call in sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you are doing uh, an incredibly difficult job uh, that pays terribly and is underappreciated and you work insanely long hours and some days you need to call in sick. 
So uh, I want to encourage you to be kind to yourself. And um, uh, uh, nobody can really tell you but you when those days are. But there are some days you get up in the morning and it's just, I don't have it. And it's okay to to be kind to yourself. You, You need to do that. On the days that you're there, uh, the thing here's what I do, and I hope it'll work for you. Uh, but the thing that I do is to try and focus on one person, um, and do what I can to be kind to that one person and encourage that one person. Um, the idea of I'm going to go inspire a room full of students that may be a bit much to ask. The idea of I'm going to go and I'm going to find the one kid that's struggling and try and do something to encourage him and help him. That's a far, far more achievable task. But Jed, what if I inspired them by explaining to them that Shakespeare, in many ways, was the original rapper? It's <laughs> <laughs> wow. good. Don't be that guy. Right? It's good. That's good. I like that. Yeah, don't be that guy. You definitely don't want to do that. Um, you know, with with ministry stuff, you know, there's it's a little bit different than teaching. But there's certainly plenty of crossover. You know, I mean, the thing I'm looking for is uh, to find one person that I can go and, you know, encourage. And that doesn't need to be something I say. That can be something I do to serve them in some way, you know, help them, equip them. But a lot of that is is really about uh, getting into motion and getting a sense of positive forward momentum is, is really what that's about. It's a place to, to start, you know. Uh, when you feel beaten down and overtired and underpaid and underappreciated and discouraged, um, a lot of that is really negative momentum pushing you away from kind of getting into the motion of doing the work. Mm-hmm. You know, when uh, in my experience, when you get into doing the motion of the work, you, you actually start to feel a heck of a lot better. Um, and then it's a lot easier to move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. But the, the, uh, let me add this before I throw it to these other guys. A, a quick physical analogy. You know, when you're tired, when you're a little sore, push through it, go do your workout, get your exercise, you'll feel better. When you're injured, get rest. Yeah. Um, if you try and push through when you're injured, it's just going to make it worse. Only you can know which one of those you're dealing with. You or your doctor. You, you or your doctor. Um, and if, if you're dealing with depression, it'd be good to be talking to your doctor on that. Um, if you're dealing with an injury situation, get that rest, call in sick, take that time, do the things you need to get squared away. If you're dealing with more of a fatigue thing, then recognize this is an issue of momentum you know, start with that, focusing on one person and one person's needs, helping them get some momentum for yourself, get in motion. But either way, we love you. We believe in you. Don't be shy and don't be a stranger. Write back and let us know how we can help. I think it's a great point that there are just days you need to take a mental health day. That's that's mm-hmm. entirely true. You bet. I, I, Lee, maybe if you look at, look at for us, that's a very odd way to construct a sentence. It's the best I could do on the fly. Uh, if you could take a look for us about um, what to – kind of some things you need to be doing because it's it's a great idea to take a mental health day it's a bad idea to take that and spend it um in bed mumbling yourself about what a failure you are (laughs) it's a real good day to take a day off and start formulating your plan start doing some uh some strategizing and some analysis can you talk to us a little about getting that plan together yeah absolutely i think one of the things that you know uh you know specifically for first year teachers one of the things that you need to know is it won't always be this way um, this is the hardest year of your teaching career. Um, uh, you know, with, besides some unforeseen thing happening, this is going to be the most preparation you'll ever do. And it's good to talk to a veteran teacher and to find out, you know, what are some strategies that got you through that first year? And so that's something that can translate into other professions, too. You talk to a veteran and find out what are some things that can get me through this. But I think particularly, and particularly what you're asking about, Matt, it's it's one of these things where when 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 your life feels daunting it can feel like the, the the thought of going to the thing can be over more overwhelming than actually doing the thing once you get there yeah, and I don't know if you ever felt that way about going into work before, but just the idea of getting yourself motivated to go to the gym or to go to the store or to go to, particularly with depression, just getting moving is yep. is such a daunting thing. And I think one of the things that um, that just in some uh, you know in, in doing some counseling down here and some you know difficult relationships or situations like that, one of the things that we've been finding that's that's kind of a cool idea is to plan for the. Th- Thing that's intimidating. So you look at it straight up and say, okay, the last time I was there, what was difficult about it? Um, okay, well, th- you know, when I have to interact with this person, that brings me a lot of stress because our personalities don't mesh well together. Well, when, when we change to this class period, I have trouble because of this situation. And you just write all of that stuff down. Everything that gives you a sense of anxiety or something that you're afraid to face, write it all down and look as much at pos- as, as possible 
come up with a strategy for facing that little specific thing and mm-hmm. write down a very detailed plan. I've got a plan for when we change to fourth period. I've got a plan for seeing that administrator. I've got a plan for how to handle this interaction or this conversation. And then but when you're getting ready for work, before you get in the car to go there, look over that plan. I've got a person in my life that's praying for me about my the this one student or this situation or whatever. So all of the thi- all the separate things that cause you anxiety or trouble about your current situation, you're looking at all of them and getting a strategy for all of those things. And then you look at that, you look at your list. It's kind of like your plan. It's like your battle plan for the day. And you look at that before you go. And it's amazing how breaking some of those little things down and getting a plan for them will make you feel like, you know what? My day is manageable in these bite-sized chunks. I don't have to look at this whole overwhelming thing. And it's just an ocean that I can't overcome. It's a lot of little things that I've looked at, prayed through, gotten some advice on, and I've got some ideas on how to... And then when something else new comes up, you add that to the list. You add that to the battle plan and come up with a strategy for it. You know, and, and that's and that's really a way for you to start the start moving the ship, which you can steer and tweak later on as you go through it. Just a practical way to face kind of the overwhelming ocean of this the anxiety involved in this thing. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. Another thing we you need to look at as you're strategizing is how do we uh, get on top of this thing before it gets to the point where I feel like I need to take a full day off? And Glenn, can you kind of talk about that sustainability to it for us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it, part of this is learning when we get to this point, as Jed said, we, you should take a mental health day. Uh, but a part of it is recognizing uh, I I need to intervene with myself before it gets to this point. I need the kind of strategies that Lee was just talking about. Uh, and I, I, I need to recognize this stuff comes in cycles. And particularly for the next time around, I need to uh, anticipate this stuff before it gets to a point of being overwhelming. At some point, as is, is, is saying, we're, you just get to a point where you're managing poor mental health uh, and trying to get out from underneath it so you can recover as opposed to uh, employing the kind of strategies that Lee is talking about. And I, I, I would I would uh, add to what Lee is saying and, and build on it in the sense of I think we need to build in uh, rewards mm. uh, to uh, that, that go with that kind of strategic thinking that he's talking about. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through my battle plan. But at the end of the day, I know I'm going to be spent, and I know that I'm going to uh, feel like I'm, you know, kind of overwhelmed. Uh, so I'm going to go get uh, a banana split when when I'm done right. with this, or I'm going to go to a movie, and this is going to be a good movie because it'll help me just kind of change the channel. Mm-hmm. I'll be thinking about the movie, and I won't be thinking about work, so it'll get me out of my headspace, and that will, you know, uh, you know, allow me. To kind of let it go and what whatever you know, it's a reward, but it's specific to this idea of putting gas back in the tank and yeah. celebrating the success. I, mean, I think that's important. But I, what's funny is I, I, I think a lot of people who deal with depression have a tendency. Uh, part of what got them there is a thinking that's almost. Um, uh, legalistic would be the the wrong word, but sort of a a, a thinking of, uh, you know, I need to do the right thing because it's the right thing, and if if I fail, I need to beat up on myself rather than think of ways to reward myself. Sure. That kind of thinking is how that's sort yeah, it's of, kind of there's a one right way and anything else is cheating yeah, it. Exactly right. You know, when I the, the, give you an example, when I was a kid. Uh, my my parents uh, were uh, said, you know, we want you to do chores like a regular chores thing, and we're so we're going to give you chores to do. And I said, right on, okay, that's fair, that's cool. And they, and they said, you know, we want you to do this, we want you to do that, and do this other thing. I said, you know, what would really be an appropriate part of this conversation is the old allowance part of this, you know. Sure, let's get a little market economy going here. Exactly right. And my, my, my parents, bless them, God bless them, what, what amazing and wonderful people they were, said, uh, you should just want to do these things <laughs> because they're the right thing to do. 
Try again. Think about all the character you're building. <laughs> I literally laughed out loud. I said, beloved parents, I love you both <laughs> desperately, but forget that. You don't do anything because it's the right thing to do. You go to work because you get paid for work. doing that. You know, I mean, everybody's got some sort of incentive behind what they do. This is uh, where... It, but it, we have to have that sense, and and and, and you know, parents got to try things. I'm not gonna, you know, I don't, I'm not against them for it. But um, I think it's good. I think it's important for people who are dealing with depression to say, I want to build in incentives. I'm going to build in yeah. uh, rewards, and 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 because that's the stuff of positive thinking. That's the stuff of of saying I I want to have a I want to get to a place where I have a positive attitude. Uh, and overcome these things, and and don't disparage that within yourself. Don't see it as a trick. Don't see it as a gimmick. Don't mm. don't think of, of do I deserve this or what have you. We're trying to build a positive, proactive, energetic mindset for tackling problems. I think you're absolutely right. The other thing we're uh, we would want to look at on this is this idea of you know what do you do when you hate everything around you, but you still got to deal with people. Yeah. Again. You've come to the right place, friend. Right. We actually, in the sense of getting out in front of things, we have a uh, medical condition around Mission USA called peopleitis. <laughs> yeah. And that means if I have to deal with one more person's drama or problems, I'm going to just kill everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the key is to take the day off or the half day off or just go to the movies or whatever it is and be alone mm-hmm. before the peopleitis becomes critical. Yeah. Right. And it's. The thing about a ministry job, and it's very much the same way in teaching, it's probably the same way in all what kind of is called the helping professions, which is uh, ministry, teaching, counseling, um, social work, that kind of stuff. And we talked about this on the show before. There's always more to do. Yeah, no question. There's always, and I know teachers especially, there's always some continuing education thing or lesson planning or getting ahead on grading or some conference you're supposed to be going to. or there Mentoring. Mentoring, absolutely. Tutoring, whatever it is the the uh the stuff will expand to fill the space well beyond your ability to manage it so you got to be a little um proactive in knowing where that cutoff is mm-hmm. now as lee pointed out i think it's a very smart point i'll get back to it part of being new at something is you're going to try to find where those lines are and it makes total sense we talked about cowardice earlier it's actually not an act of cowardice to say hey i'm the new person here teaching jobs aren't as easy to come by as they used to be I'm trying not to say no to much. That makes complete and total sense. You're going to have to uh, find a creative way around that. One of the ones that's very easy, this is a Young Life staff person many years ago shared this uh, bit of brilliant um, chicanery with me, and I'll share it with you. Don't mention, I'm going to go to the movies so that I don't punch someone in the throat. Someone says, hey, can we have a mentoring conference on this? It's technically, it's not mandatory, but we'd sure love to see you there. You say, sorry, I have an appointment Thursday night. Yeah. Nobody needs to know that that appointment is with Bradley Cooper at the movies. Yeah. You say, sorry, I have an appointment. Here's the thing, especially as we mentioned, if you run in professional circles and with white people, um, they respect very little, but they respect that calendar. Yeah, they yeah. do. Say sorry, I have a, I have a previous engagement. Absolutely, you can go ahead and just pass that off. But that and that's part of you'll you'll learn to get better. As Lee said, it it's, it you will get better at this. You'll learn to manage that. We also, Jed Missioner, as I will point out, if you get to the point where you're overwhelmed. No shame in taking a mental health day. Certainly no shame in going and finding some counseling. Yep, going yep. and getting some help. One of the uh, the good things about teaching jobs is they tend to, not if you're Chicago Public Schools, unfortunately, tend to have pretty good health benefits, and you may want to look up and make see if your health benefits cover a counseling appointment. Sure, right. very well might go sit down talk to somebody. And all these things we're talking about, they a lot of these seem like minor things. One of the th- things that I cannot uh, stress enough is doing something feels miles better than doing nothing. Yes. Even if it's a little thing, if you say, I'm going to change the way I eat or I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go talk to whatever it is, doing one thing, I know it doesn't always seem like it'll stem the tide. Man, it makes a world of difference in your mindset. And that'll kind of help you get through that one day at a time thing. All right, if we're going to go to our last question here, this came into our email address. It says... A buddy of mine and I struggle with porn and lust and masturbation, and we're trying to keep each other accountable. I have no idea how this is supposed to go, what we're supposed to be doing, or anything like that. Any ideas and tips for support groups and accountability partners? And Lee, why don't you start us off here? 
Yeah. Um, thanks for writing in. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit uh, two points real quick and then uh, send it around. One is if if you are gonna try to do this accountability partner thing, the most critical and important thing is honesty. Um, and what I mean specifically about that, I don't mean, you know, uh, you know, you have to make sure that you tell them how many times you fall and whatever. What I mean is when you talk about this struggle and how it affects you and, and, and all that kind of stuff, don't be afraid to like, do not talk about it in a Christian way. Mm. Do not say, I just really want to get past this for the glory of the magnificence uh-huh. of the Lord Jesus. You know, like, don't yeah. talk about it that way. When you talk to your friend about it, say, here's my problem. I really like looking at naked people. And right. um, it's, it's, it's what it, this, it's on my mind all the time. It's, you know, talk about it as honestly as you possibly can. That's where this thing will get unlocked. The, the more honest you can be about it, because uh, one time C.S. Lewis said a thing about friendship where he said, uh, a friendship happens when one person says, uh, when, when one person says to another, you too? Wow, I thought I was the only person in the world. And that's when a friendship really unlocks is when you find out I'm not alone in this. We are both we both think the same way. We have this in common, and that's true about this struggle as well. So and when when the honesty comes, then you can start to figure out uh, some strategies together. You can eventually, it sounds weird, but eventually you'll even see how absurd the whole thing is, and you'll be able to laugh about it together, which unlocks a whole lot of this stuff. The other thing I would say on this real quickly and and then I'll pass it around to the other, these other guys is find something to do in your life that really matters. And I know mm-hmm. that seems unrelated to the whole porn and masturbation thing, but if if you find something um, something that you can be a part of, where you're serving somebody else, where you're part of serving Jesus, and especially if you and this other person, if you're doing this thing together, um, what you want to do is kind of replace the boredom of your life with some actual purpose, something difficult, something that's over your head, something where you need God's help, and watch this whole thing just kind of change when you get some purpose when you get something to be a part of that really matters that you need that you need a lot of prayer to pull off and all that kind of stuff. So that's where I would start is just a lot, a lot, a lot of really unchristian sounding honesty and and then find something with some purpose that you can be a part of. I have a fantastic point. I think another thing I'm glad I'd like you to just talk to talk uh, with us about this is um, a lot of times these accountability groups, these support groups which are, are, can be great things, uh, especially the kind of, in this version, you know, uh, kind of unstructured, just a few, you know, guys want to be accountability partners can fall apart in that it, it, we, we make it all about the failures. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I can do failure by myself. Yeah. Maybe we need some uh, success focus here. Absolutely right. I, I think it's important for us to celebrate successes. That's a big part of uh, what we need to be doing for each other as as brothers in Christ, uh, as sisters in Christ, and as friends, as Lee was talking about. Uh, this is a, a kind of situation where we want to learn from our failures, we want to analyze, but part of that means uh, uh, doing what you hear us talk about on the podcast here, uh, this idea of defanging the sin. We're going to take the sting out of that sin. We're going to take the emotionality of the guilt mm-hmm. and the shame out of that because that is not helping us no. in any way. And it's hurting us in a number of ways. So, uh, for example, you know, um, a few years ago, a young guy that I knew was having struggles in his marriage and um, he wanted to have uh, uh, lunch. So we sat down to have lunch and then he began saying, well, you know, uh, you know, my wife and I haven't been active for a long while. And so one thing led to another and I'm online and then I end up in porn and so on and so forth. And I said, right. Okay. And it's a believable story so far. Yeah. And that he, what he was waiting for was, okay, let's get into the shame of it. Oh, how could you? <laughs> You know, yeah, exactly. You know, just uh, how could you and what on earth and... You've grieved my spirit. Uh, you know, how could this be? You know, that kind of whatever. I'm like, buddy, I follow you. The, the, this is a common... I mean, if you don't have sex with this gal, then that's going to... Yeah. It just, There's it's a all, whole industry based on this very thing. Yeah, it's all tracks, you know. Uh, in fact, you may have been able to see this coming... From, from a mile away. <laughs> from further back in your own story. 
I certainly did before you got there. So, uh, you know, uh, but uh, by taking the emotionality of it out, and, and that's not to say we'd, we'd want to be unsympathetic. I mean, that's, that's not it at all. Uh, but what we do want to do is to say, okay, the sin has happened. That's a fact. The cow's already out of the barn. doesn't matter if we shut the barn door or not. What matters is uh, what do we do moving forward Yeah, to where this is a different situation where we change things. I want um, a friend who can give me an analysis. Yeah. You know? Did this happen because you were lonely? Did this happen okay. because you were angry? Did this mm. happen because you... Uh, we're tired or, 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 you know, feeling depressed. What, what were the circumstances around this mm-hmm. thing? Uh, uh, it's not that I can blame it on the circumstances. It's still my choice. We're not, we're not looking for a scapegoat, but we're looking to think our way through, not feel our way through. Uh, I want to, I want a strategy that's going to allow me to succeed. And the thing about working on this together is you can, you can say, you can exchange those good ideas. Of, hey, you know. One of the things I did uh, to to make things easier is I did this, and that mm-hmm. that helped me. Maybe try that. Maybe it'll help you. Those sorts of things. But for some reason, uh, Christians, as Lee was pointing out, want to spiritualize that mm-hmm. rather than uh, make it a practical thing that's fueled by the spiritual strength that you need yeah. to get it going and fueled by uh, wisdom from God. Uh, they want to make the whole thing sort of airy, fairy, spirituality right. type stuff. And uh, that eventually just becomes an avoidance thing. I think that's absolutely right. Jed, I'd like to get you to close this out by talking about uh, picking up on what Glenn was saying there about the smart strategy part. Because that's really, there is support and emotional and spiritual encouragement is an important part of this. But one mm. of the big things that people can miss out on in groups and relationships like this is the ability to have someone to strategize with, to kind of see something from a different angle. And when using porn as the example, but that really goes for anything you want to kind of help each other out on is finding a way to come up with a strategy and come up with a strategy together. And can you walk us through that a little bit? Absolutely. Well, you know, with, um, um, and I want to be clear here with addiction stuff, and I don't mean porn. I'm, that's a different thing. But you know, you're talking about alcohol or drugs. They have steps for you to work, right? right. And and one of the things when you hold people accountable is, did you work your steps? Right. You know, there are there are things you can do that will help with this. Have you been doing those things? It's not right. just a question of did you drink or not. Right. It's have you been working wow. the steps? Yeah. Now, again, I want to be clear. I'm not equating pornography and addiction. I'm right, referring right. to the idea of holding people accountable on the steps. And the phrase they have for that, which actually does carry a lot of stuff, is it works if you work it. Exactly right. Meaning we, the goal is to find an idea that if you will put the effort into and all that stuff, then it will bear results. Exactly right. So, for example, if we're dealing with pornography, if you've listened to the show for a while, we've, we've covered before that, you know, a lot of porn usage doesn't have anything to do with sex. It's about stress release. It's about dealing with loneliness. It's about dealing with anger, disappointment, boredom, all kinds of things that actually aren't sexual in nature at all and that given that there are way better solutions for um if you're bored there are about a million things that are more interesting to do than yet again look at naked bodies on the internet um so if we say if we've got a friend and he's struggling with porn and it's just i'm bored man i just need something better to do well then we can develop a strategy together for you to find better hobbies um, you know, right. you're going to go, you know, at college, you're going to go try these four intramural sports. You know, you're going to go, you know, uh, hang out with the chess club and, and, you know, play a game there. But then the holding accountable piece is, did you do those things? Right. right. It's not so much about, did you look at porn or not? It's, yep. did you go play intramural soccer? Right. If you went and played intramural soccer and it didn't help, well, that's really good information. Yeah, that's right. okay. We can, we can revise a plan from right. there. But if you didn't go play, we got nothing to work with. Right. Um, you know, the idea, exactly as Matt said, is to find things that work when you work them, is to say there are steps I can take that will help. They may not really have anything directly to do with the thing I'm feeling shameful about, um, which may be a good thing. Um, but that accountability piece is far more about did you do those steps? Did you work those steps? So, for example, if it's if it's loneliness, if it's, you know, I'd really like to have a nice relationship with a nice young lady, but I don't, and porn's become kind of an outlet I can use for that, well, then we can do a strategy of, did you sign up for the free week in eHarmony? Did you fill out the profile? Did yeah. you, you know, did you message with a couple of people? The point of the accountability is, did you do those things? Uh, you know, 
I don't care if you felt about doing them. Did you do them? Um, and in that sense, the funny thing is, it's a bigger deal. It's a bigger screw up if you didn't do those things than if you looked at porn. Right. If you if you come back to the accountability relationship and say, oh, I totally looked at porn, but I did do the harmony thing and I did get on there. Well, there's a huge thing to celebrate there. Right. That's right. that's actually a success. If you say, well, I didn't look at porn. Now, I also didn't do any of the things that's going to help in the long term. Right. That's not a success. Right. Because it's just, you know, set your clock until you're back on exactly. the porn thing again. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, helping to develop a strategy together, but then holding each other accountable to do the strategy, to work those steps, I think can have a transformative impact as a way that you can encourage each other. I think that's a fantastic point. It draws back to something yeah. Glenn was saying about defanging this idea of a good accountability group, a good uh, support group. Is, we talked about you cannot be addicted to porn. Yeah. There may be a very, very small size people addicted to porn. You're probably not one of them, but addiction recovery groups tell us too, is it's less and less about the thing. Yeah. It is less and less focused on that one thing. And part of the reason, part of the strategy and the idea behind that is Glenn's going back is to, we're not obsessing on the guilt. We're not yeah. obsessing on the shame. We're not looking at this thing. It's not about, this is not, and nominally this is about, we don't want to look at porn anymore, but in a real way, this is a lot bigger than that. If we want, I, my buddy and I want to help each other, build each other up in the Lord so that we can get over these issues that face us. And there'll be other issues and all that stuff. But a lot of that goes down to, as you're saying, we're no longer is this, as I have been a part of Bible studies that did this and heard of many more, we're all going to go around the circle and you're going to say how many times you looked at pornography this week. Yeah. Wow. It's not a great idea. Don't do that. <laughs> now, there was the one time we lied about having done that and <laughs> the only one who did it was the guy who was late. Yeah. That was that was fun. That's sure. still a good story. All these years that built years. fellowship, I feel. Sure. But, you know... If if the real goal is, you know, um, knocking that out, that's, you know, it could help. But because as Jed is saying, that puts a lot of focus on the sin. Mm. We're talking about sin. We're talking about shame. We're talking about guilt. If the goal is to do things right, to find some strategies, well, then we can depressurize that, defang mm. that. You know, you might be surprised of how little your porn accountability group ends up talking about porn yeah. in the long run. Right. Well, to jump in real quick, the funny thing is this is actually great training for marriage because a godly marriage should work very much like what we're describing. Right. Where you say, here's a struggle that I'm having. What do you think? And then you and your spouse together figure out, well, here are the things that we think are driving that struggle. Here are the things that we think are leading to that. Therefore, here are solutions that we could put in place that would help with that, that would lessen that key struggle, make you stronger and everything else. Now, I, as your spouse, will hold you accountable on whether or not you did these things. If you get an emotion of thinking that way, that's great preparation for a Christian marriage. I think it's a very very astute thing to point out. And it also points to the fact that, again, as we were saying, none of this is like, porn or less specific not at all these right. things transfer over to you know we're having an accountability group we're gonna you know we're gonna gossip less or i'm not gonna be angry about things this that and the other so but all that works in this same way of the answer is never well the answer is super rarely stop doing insert bad behavior here feel bad enough about it until you stop doing yes. it either do more just do more of this thing you don't want to do or more of less of this thing you don't want to do or more of this thing you do want to do <laughs> the answer almost always you listen to lee talk about it, ministry situations that talk about conscious marriage is find some strategies that make it this either less important more important whatever that is so it's really good cross training and all the stuff we go all the stuff we were talking about holds for a lot of different stuff all right if you have a question for us say that podcast at gmail.com the bridge chicago.tumblr.com if you write into the tumblr if you remember please mention the podcast so i'll know you want to get it on here we're gonna have an outro song for you this week this uh, we talked about kind of uh people people who are uh, confused about who's welcome at the foot of the cross coming to get help um, out, reaching out to people, uh, dealing with some things, taking to Jesus. This is a really great hymn that touches a lot of that stuff. It's one of my favorites called Come Ye Sinners. This is one of our favorite versions. This is by the fantastically intelligent and talented Christy Younger. This is her Ooh. singing Come Ye Sinners, originally featured in our bridge box. Uh, Lee, woo again, and I won't talk over it. I want you to get credit for your woo. The fantastic Christy Younger. Yes. There woo. we go. All right, so thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Pirate outro song. Fishing and kissing, <laughs> catching trout and baking out. Wow, that's good. Oh, that's a very man. nice line. Yeah. Very there good. Go, right? Yeah, that one actually works like a Toby yeah. Keith track. There you go.